Oh, hey there, everybody. Meteorologist Dave Turley here, along with uh, meteorologist Andrew Gordon, and we are here for another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Andrew, how are you doing today? Doing good, enjoying these uh, 70s while they're here. Not going to last too long here in February, but it kind of is a sign of the season to come. It certainly is. We are recording this on uh, Thursday, February 3rd. My dad's birthday, by the way. Happy yeah. birthday, Dad. Happy birthday. And uh, it is going to be warm. We're going to be seeing well above average temperatures today into our Friday. Then a cold front brings in a chance for some thunderstorms. Thankfully, we don't expect any severe weather. But as Andrew mentioned, it's that time of the year as we are already past our climatologically coldest time of the year. We're already starting to see those temperatures begin to warm up on average. And we're going to get more of these clashes between the cooler air and the warmer weather, which wants to return for pretty much 10 months out of the year here. Uh, So when you get those clashes, that's when you get the chance for some of that severe weather. So looking ahead, what's coming up next week? We have the severe weather preparedness week in the state of Georgia. So we're going to be breaking down each day on air, of course, uh, what's going on. But we're going to give you a preview of it here today. Yeah, we just want to make sure you're prepared before we get into the here uh, into the week of severe weather preparedness week. And thankfully, again, we don't have any severe weather expected, oh. but it's always good to be prepared. And the first day, what's actually going to happen all week here is every day uh, we're going to have a different topic that we give to you, talk about to make sure you get you and your family ready. So the first day uh, is going to be coming up on Monday. It starts Monday, February seventh, and that is basically coming up with a plan, having some type of family plan to make sure you and your family know how to get that severe weather. If there's a threat for severe weather, what are you going to do if severe weather was imminent, such as maybe a tornado or a hurricane? Uh, What would you do? Have a plan in place uh, so you can go ahead and take that action quickly without having to think about it and everybody knows what's going on. Yeah, and the first day is really focusing on the family aspect of this. And and we spend a lot of time away from home, but the most at home. You know, you spend a third of your life in bed probably sleeping. So what are you going to do when your kids are asleep or you're asleep? You need to make sure you have a kit where your whole family knows where that is. Inside of that, you need to make sure that you've got, you know, a few days of water and, and food. And this sounds like, you know, hurricane prep stuff, but it really comes down to your power being out. A tornado can do that. A thunderstorm can do that. A hurricane can do that. A downburst can do that. So just making sure you have a few days of food and really a way to live without electricity for a few days. That's always going to be necessary, whether it's winter and we could get ice or summer and we could get crazy thunderstorms. Yeah, and and uh, I'll give you a little story here about my family. Um, whenever there's a chance for thunderstorms, let's say we have you know, our tornado watch is imminent that day and I'm going to work, and I tell my, my family, hey, make sure that you are watching out for any warnings because uh, if something happens, you need to know where to go. Uh, right now, the place to go is underneath the stairs. We have a closet underneath the stairs. Kids know, hey, I'll clear it out before I go to work. If you need to go in there because we got the two kids, my wife and the two dogs, everybody's got to be in that little area. So make sure you know where to go. Make sure you have a way to get the tornado warning uh, so you know you can take action. So you have to take action quickly. And uh, make sure you know what to take in with you. Always a good idea to take in maybe a, a helmet 
I know my kids laughed at me, but we don't have one. But if you don't have a helmet, pillows. Something to, to keep your head and your body safe from, type, from any type of flying debris. So just have a plan and conversation before you would have to go and uh, take action. Yeah, and having a, a way to receive those warnings, of course, the old uh, you know, classic would be uh, the NOAA weather radio. Nothing wrong with that. You want to make sure you keep batteries in it, though, because if you lose power and it's plugged in, you lose the radio. So we always suggest having multiple ways to receive warnings. Weather radios are great. You'll get the same National Weather Service warnings sent to your phone. And if you've got the WTOC weather app, we've got warnings on there that you guys will get sent to your exact location. So it's not sent by a generic area uh, or kind of like a zip code type thing that the, the weather service does. Yours could be pinpointed to your location through the app. So it's cool. They're both cool. The weather app is good if you've got your phone charged. And that's a big deal too. You want to make sure that you keep your phone charged, external batteries um, or chargers. Those always are helpful in really multiple situations. I like how you said you get the same warnings that you get from NOAA. They are. I know. We can't issue our own warnings. No, but I'm saying that because the, the same is the technology on the, on right. the No Weather Radio. They had the new technology. And if, mm-hmm. when you're buying a No Weather Radio, remember when this first came out, we would tell people, look for on the box, make sure it says the same. It's an acronym, S-A-M-E, right. for Specific Area Message Encoding. And that gives you the capability to program the weather radio for your specific county right. so you're not getting all the different uh, watches and warnings uh, for yeah. your surrounding areas. And it's just tailored to your area. So if you know what's going off, you know you need to take action. So. Right. And in the past, they used to, you used to have like a transmitter code, and it just was a lot more difficult. These newer weather radios very smart, a lot easier <laughs> to work with. Yep. So that is Monday. Uh, day two of severe weather preparedness week is going to be coming up on Tuesday. And, uh, that topic is going to be thunderstorm safety. And that's a lot of, uh, of, uh, concern for a lot of people. A lot of people, when we get the chance for thunderstorms, oh, they're all nervous about that. And the lightning, yeah. what do you do with that? How do you protect yourself? If you have chance for thunderstorms, what do you do? Well, the best thing to do is to stay inside and I'd be the first to say, you know, not necessarily scared of, of anything weather-wise, but you respect it. Um, tornadoes you can run from, you can't run from lightning. You know, lightning's going to take the path the least resistance from the cloud to the ground or ground to the cloud or cloud to cloud, and I don't mess with it. I've almost been struck by lightning at my own fault a couple times, and that's all it takes to make sure you're inside next time. So, of course, that's a big deal with us whenever we're looking at how many people get on sandbars beaches, exposed areas where you might not have easy access to going inside once we get into sea breeze season because we get these every day. Pretty much every single day. And you mentioned the safest place to be inside of your house, away from any windows. You want to be away from water inside your house. I mean, you don't want to be taking a bath or a shower or washing dishes. We'll get more into that when we talk about lightning yeah, safety. Yeah, getting but ahead of ourselves. In, in general, those are the, you know, you just want to have some safety. Those are the things that you can be looking for in a thunderstorm along with wind gusts. What makes a severe thunderstorm is you have to have at least one inch hail or greater mm-hmm. or, and or I should say, uh, winds of at least 58 miles per hour. That would be constitute, that would constitute a severe thunderstorm prompting a warning from the National Weather Service. And again, you mentioned they're the, they are the only ones who could issue warnings. Yeah, it's a government entity. They issue those out and we communicate them. But obviously, if we saw a storm that we thought, you know, could produce damage and there wasn't necessarily a warning with the polygon on it, we're going to tell you guys about that too. Just a little bit different wording. But this is specifically about hail and thunderstorm wind and 
you know, with your thunderstorm wind, you're dealing with, you could have just as much damage if you had straight line wind as a weak tornado. So a lot of people sleep on these tornadoes. You get these derechos that go across the Midwest and had over 130 plus mile an hour wind in Iowa a couple summers ago. Just millions of dollars of damage. That That is the extreme when you talk about the derecho. Yeah. It's we a very long lid. We don't here. get a lot of that. But we can certainly get a lot of those straight line winds, mm-hmm. which you mentioned, can easily, a lot of people say, a hey, tornado came through here. Well, we didn't see any rotation. But straight line winds coming down from a thunderstorm could easily mimic uh, a, a weak tornado and do a lot of damage. I mean, we get yeah. damage. You can get some trees down and stuff. We're talking 40 mile per hour winds. Easily. Uh, easily when you're getting some of those straight line winds, you could have those 70, 80 miles per hour. Yeah. And when we start getting these pop-up thunderstorms, the sea breeze storms, as we get into the warmer months, late spring into the summer, I mean, you just got to assume these thunderstorms are going to have 30, 40 mile an hour winds with them because it's just displacing so much air as the rain goes down. And, I mean, we even get microbursts down here, and that's a whole different thing that we can talk about another day. But there are a lot of different ways that thunderstorms can impact you other than you hear thunder and you need to go inside. That, that's the main thing. When you, mm-hmm. when you hear the thunder, it's time to get inside. Now, not every thunderstorm is going to produce a tornado, but tornado safety is going to be our day three topic of severe weather preparedness week. And, again, any tornado is going to be a dangerous tornado. You need to make sure that you have a way – to receive weather alerts. And, and we usually know what days are going to be better at the chance of producing tornadoes. You know, it'll be a first alert weather day, of course, when we have that potential for seeing uh, tornadoes. But any thunderstorm could produce a tornado, uh, technically, yeah. uh, if, it gets, if it gets intense enough. So you can, a typical summer afternoon, you can get some type of a boundary developing along the sea breeze, you know, an outflow from another thunderstorm kind of colliding with that. You can get a quick little spin up. And we had some damage on uh, Wilmington Island, I believe, on um, one yeah, of those. I remember that. It was a yeah. summer day. Yeah. And we had a clashing of outflow boundaries or gust fronts that are one and the same here. So what's happening is these thunderstorms, they're, you know, for lack of a better way to, to explain this, is they're living, they're breathing in an updraft and exhaling out a downdraft. And then when these thunderstorms kind of collapse on themselves, it's putting out a bunch of cold air because these things are 30 plus thousand feet high. But if you get a storm that is starting to grow, because usually these go in a cycle of 15 to 30 minutes, if they die out, they grow. uh, And you get a clash of like, well, one's dying out. It's pushing out a lot of air where another one is starting to grow or it's releasing its own outflow boundary because it just produced so much heavy rain in a specific spot. You get the, those two coming together. It's like oil and water. They're going to spin it's going to be a little bit crazy, and that's specifically what happened, colliding of boundaries over on the islands that day. Flipped a boat. I mm-hmm, remember it right. went over by the Goodwill. It was the Goodwill uh, right by, there. Uh, Johnny Mercer. Johnny Mercer. Yeah, I remember it. So uh, that was a weekend. I remember I was working that one, and thankfully it, it was, you know, quick, spin up, didn't have anything really substantial holding it from the cloud to the ground. It wasn't something that produced from the base of the thunderstorm and just tore things up, but it still did damage to those communities or that community. And, and we have to take them all seriously, which is why the summer for us, we're just babysitting the radar all the time because it doesn't look like anything severe. We might not be outlooked for anything severe. You can still get a, a tornado with almost all of these storms. Right, right. So you just got to be prepared. And when the National Weather Service is always watching the radar on there as well, it's like right. we, call it, we call it babysitting the radar. And if they see any type of rotation, they're going to put out a warning. So if you have your NOAA weather radio, if you have your first alert weather app, 
you are going to get that tornado warning so you can take action and get into your safe place, get to a, a safer place uh, if you're caught outside. You definitely want to be on the lowest level of your home, an interior room, away from any uh, windows, an interior closet, an interior ba- bathroom. You want as many walls in between you and the outside as possible to protect yourself from flying debris. Yeah, and you don't have to have storm shelters down here like they do up in the Midwest. The ground's a lot easier to dig into. People have storm shelters. Now what people are building, and I've seen them sell these in Oklahoma and Texas at Sam's Club, they have what they call safe rooms. And essentially it's this crazy you know, bunker of a room. It just looks like a, a small closet, maybe eight by eight or something like that. And not everybody has a way to fit that into their home that's already built, but a lot of new builds will build in a safe room. So maybe your, you know, your safe place is under the stairs. You could get that a safe room, or I don't know exactly the brands that they're called, but built into your new build, which is cool. Another thing that a lot of people do, and this gets a little bit complicated, but they actually will dig, um, underneath their garage so most of the time you're parked over this but it's almost like you've got you go down six eight ten feet by the same amount wide but you drive over it and you can kind of it's hard to visualize it if you've never seen one but it's it's like a door in the ground and you can slide it back walk down in there there are steps and then, then you can cover it back over you again Smart. so you don't ever have to go outside to get into a storm shelter so it's like a underground storm shelter built in your garage but you don't have to go side to it so i guess that's kind of how you visualize it that's good and it's flat parallel to the ground you're parking over it most of the time. The catch with that is you have to move your car. That's yeah, fine. So I think we can move the car. Yeah. Uh, car, <laughs> car versus life. Yeah. So it's an easy choice. Uh, so that is uh, day three. We're getting into day four right now. And the topic is going to be lightning safety. We got a little talking about yeah. a little bit with thunderstorms, but this is a, this is one that everybody has to deal with here, especially in the summertime. You mentioned being outside and a lot of people have a lot of outdoor activities in the summertime. Yeah, and we all think that we're Superman and, and nothing's ever going to happen to us. And we got to be honest, you know, this can't happen. If you can hear thunder, you can be struck by lightning. It's, it's that simple. And um, it usually happens to people that either outside a lot and think, oh, well, I've, I've done this so many times and been fine. You have golfers, boaters construction workers i can't tell you how many times kids at the pool kids at the pool at the beach we had so like last year in florida i know a lot of people go to the beach in florida so you're gonna have a higher concentration of it bigger numbers because of it but i just remember there was like one week where we had a handful like different beaches too i don't know what what was up but um it's wild and it's something that is just not to be messed with it's lightning itself is it pulses. It's not just something like a finger of God that comes down and goes back up. It's making a connection. It's electricity. From if you the get cloud struck by ground, lightning, right. you're getting zapped multiple times while you are that connection. And that could be as hot as 50,000 degrees, they say, that lightning. I, whoever they are, they can measure it. I trust yeah, them. But I it's, don't know how they do that. It's, uh, it's not anything that sounds fun. No, and, and I tell my kids that uh, we've, this happened many times. I can't tell you where we're outside at the pool or wherever, and you hear thunder. You know, you're tracking it. You can hear the thunder. You can see the storm. Yeah. You're close enough to be struck by lightning. So I say, all right, guys, come on. We got, we got to go. Nobody else is leaving. Well, their dad isn't the weatherman. Hey, you have <laughs> I'm to not going to have example. my kids <laughs> being struck by lightning say the weatherman didn't protect his kids. No, if you have to be safe, if you can hear the thunder, you yeah. are technically close enough to be struck by lightning. And it's time to just get inside and just wait till the, till the storm passes. Do you have any memorable lightning moments, Dave? Uh, no, I've never been that close, uh, had any lightning bolts or anything come that close. Uh, usually I, I'm one of those people that are, you know, very respectful. When you see that or hear it, uh, okay, I'm in. 
I'm done. Or, or you're working. Or yeah, usually I'm all, working if there's, yeah. Honestly, so. like, it's it's like a trigger. Not, I get, or just, like, a, a sense goes off for me. Like, if I hear thunder, I'm like, oh, I got to go. I got to work. I have to, like, at least look at the radar from home. You know, oh, yeah, well, yeah, on. definitely got the radar. <laughs> yeah, you got to know what's going on. But uh, lightning, that wraps that up. Don't mess with it. That is um, not the leading weather-related death cause, but it is definitely a consistent one. Flooding would be the worst for that, but we're specifically talking about lightning, and then we lead into Friday the 11th, which would be flash flooding and flood safety. You know, taking intro to meteorology type classes, weather and climate, severe and unusual weather, all of these, consistently look at the data. It's flooding, flooding. that causes the most deaths, and uh, you can hide from the wind, run from the water. That's what we say. I'm pretty sure that's that's how it goes. We haven't. That's a hurricane season. That's a hurricane. Yes, but that's usually what we say. The, the water, you know, it's unforgiving. And uh, it doesn't matter if we get, we can even have a non-severe thunderstorm that either is training over an area, which means a consistent thunderstorm just moving, but, you know, it's kind of back building, it's moving over the same area, like it's on train tracks, it's training over an area. Or you can have a pop-up that is just not moving. You can have thunderstorms that build almost straight up, slightly at an angle, so you can separate your updraft and downdraft, but then you have no upper air movement at 30,000, 40,000 feet to push it east-west. To move it, south. right. So it just sits over there. It's got a separated up and down draft, so it can just continue to take the atmosphere's energy, put it over one spot. And those are the kind of days where you get two inches at the airport, nothing on Whitmarsh or Wilmington or Tybee or even the south side, you know? But it all depends on where the climate data is. And some days we're like, oh, it didn't rain at the airport today, and downtown it's pouring. Yes. But we go on the, the news and say, oh, it didn't technically rain at the airport. It, you know, that's... It's, That's it's a whole a different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and flooding again. It's just something that you just need to be aware of, and it can even be areas which you know uh, typically flood in a heavy rain event. We got that one area downtown Savannah, it's like Henry Street. Or something. Um, it's somewhere over there where it's it's in that big little valley area little underneath, deep. like the train track or whatever. Uh, it floods whenever it rains, and there's always stories of cars that try to drive through it, and then then they flood, and they're they're stuck. You know, and it, it can happen from a, just a thunderstorm. And, uh, you know, you just got to make sure you're aware of that. It only takes, what is it, uh, about two feet of water to move a car? I think like six that. inches, you're not going to be having a good time. Right. But it's, it's moving water, I think, whenever you get, up, you get up there. I wouldn't mess with it, no. you know. And it's just, that's where a lot of people get into trouble because you don't know how that current's going to pick up. You don't know what's underneath you. You don't, I mean, it's just, it's a mess. And then if you have a prolonged flood, you have to worry about natural gas getting in water. You have to worry about snakes and alligators and all these other not even weather-related things. So flooding in general is just not good. But most people, if they do uh, pass away, it's going to be because they think they can, you know, they're safe in their car because we have a false sense of security in our car. I think that's why we get so upset. It's very personal to us. Yes, it is. If somebody cuts you off, you take it personally. You're like, oh, this is my car. You're like, this is my A space. lot of people do. You do a lot of deep thinking in your car. You listen <laughs> to your favorite music in there. You think you're safe there when you're not. And that, that's just how, why I think that that's like a crutch for us because it's ours. We paid a lot of money for it, but it's just not safe no. in, in severe weather events. And to go back to tornadoes really quick, we tell people often don't be in a vehicle. I don't care if you're in a, a, a souped-up Ford or Chevy or whatever. There is airflow underneath your vehicle. Tornadoes 
are lifting the air around it, even if you are not next to that condensation funnel, you get that broad lift. You might not get lifted straight up off the ground, but it takes two wheels and starts flipping you. I've seen it happen. Yeah, well, well tornadoes, they can take out semi-trucks and trains, which weigh a lot more than your car, any type of vehicle you're driving. Man, false sense of security. Yeah. Got to be honest with yourself. So uh, to wrap it up, we are, we are getting into the uh, severe weather part of our, our season here coming up. Again, we're recording this here at the beginning of February. As we get later into February, especially if we get into March, we get more of the clashes in the warm and the cold air, and we can see some of those severe thunderstorm chances in here. So we just want to make sure you are aware and uh, make sure you keep you and your family safe. That's our job. But, Dave, i got to know, how did the tennis match go last weekend? <laughs> uh, I ended up, uh, I won. We Our, our okay. team won. We Good. won 7-6 and six four it was took forever that first set was going on forever no it was wasn't cold, cold leading colder was saturday we played sunday so it was mid 50s it was That's cool man, man but it was good it was good it was sunny mm-hmm. uh, it was actually very nice on a sunday afternoon how did your uh, running go that so no, I, you're coming up it's uh friday night yeah so tybee run fest always fun to do um we'll probably have the storm chaser out there at some point over the weekend don't know when and where haven't figured that out yet but I'm excited. It's it's just fun. Like I don't love running, but I like getting into a rhythm and that's where I find new music and just kind of it's a personal challenge and then you're racing against other people. I like racing in general, so if I can do it myself physically, I'll do it. Um but it's it's one of my favorite five Ks around town. Um did not want to get up at the you know, before the sun to do the ten K, but I'll yes. do the five K. And yeah, it looks like it's gonna rain, but you just prepare for it and have fun. I, I do agree with you when you when you're running with people it's better because you have that competitive like no, spirit I'm, I'm going through you. Me. You're seeing this and you're seeing some somebody who you think you should be in better shape or whatever and they pass you and you're like oh, I got to you know or somebody right. one of the little kids or something that's just right. running right past you you're like man I got to keep up and you it's it get your competitive juices going. Well, you've brought you brought Max out before. Right. Once. He uh he's not the best around other dogs. So, yeah, I, I brought him out once. I remember that one. That yeah, was he did good. Nice time. He had, a, he had a good time running. You got an excuse. It's not just you running. Though. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's really all I've got going on this weekend. Concert coming up at the, the new arena. It's going to be chilly for that. High of 50 or so is what we have for Sunday. So, people going to that. Yeah, and there's uh, – Back there's, your patience with barking, too. Oh, uh, well, that's a whole other podcast. Dress. That's a whole other podcast. Hey, dress, dress for the cold if you're going to that. I mean, there are almost going to be 10,000 people. At least that's what it holds. I don't know how many tickets they sold. Yeah, and, and you're going to have to do some walking, I would assume. Probably so. so you're going to be outside, outside for a little bit. So. Yeah. Uh, who knows? All right, that's what we're here for. We, we are here to give you a forecast to plan your life around. So there right. you go. And, uh, well, that's another edition of our WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And Andrew and I will see you again next week.